Blog Talk Radio. seems like everything that possibly could have happened in the world of professional wrestling happened over the course of this month. We're going to try and make heads or tails out of everything going on. But you have tuned in to the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go over, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. If you're a little shy and you don't want to call in, you want your opinions known, head over to the Facebook. we got a show chat going on right now. Check us out on Twitter, our handle at Twitter, at the Ken Reedy Show. Tweet us sometimes. And as always, you can check us out on thekenreedyshow.com. As I said, we have a ton of stuff to talk about this evening. So uh, get on the horn. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We want to know what you're thinking about as far as the world of pro wrestling. So much to talk about. And it's been a while, but we're my tag team partner, we're back together, reuniting. It's been a while since we've talked. Dave, you know, how are you doing tonight and, and how is how is your quote unquote vacation? My hiatus was uh was was well deserved and uh I missed you and I missed talking wrestling with you and, and our fans and hearing what our fans have to say. I look forward to the calls tonight about, you know, the the, the goings on in the world of wrestling. Overall it was good. Holidays were good. Uh, I'm about over this cold weather here in the northeast. I've had enough of it. It's so cold your spit freezes before it hits the ground. That's how cold it is around here. I've about had it. And uh, I'm just looking forward to this uh we're in WrestleMania season. We're in full swing. A lot of stuff has happened that we need to catch up on. So uh you know I I'm ready to get right to it. There's, there's no, no, no BS for me tonight. Yeah, it was just, it was crazy, you know. It was a crazy month. I mean, we, we decided we were to take this uh, hiatus. Uh, you know, those, those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, just listening, it was, it was kind of funny. But uh, booked a cruise to, to go away with some friends for New Year's, and as luck would have it, wound up winning a cruise in a karaoke contest uh, two weeks after the other cruise. So. I spent the month of January cruising, which was great, as you're saying, uh, to get away from this cold weather, because even with those two weeks away from here, I am kind of getting sick of it. Holidays were good, got some uh, some fun wrestling gifts, and I actually got to point out that uh, 
getting out there and, and hitting the high seas. Uh, got to spend a little time with uh, one of our regular callers, Dank. I uh, had a couple of cocktails down in Florida with our friend Dank. So uh, thanks for your hospitality down there in Florida, and we hope to hear from you uh, at some point soon. But, uh, yeah, you're right, Dave. I mean, let's get, get through these pleasantries, through all this, because it, it's just crazy. You know, we, we go and we take this break. And, you know, it's the second time scheduling-wise that we, we've taken a, a prolonged hiatus. You know, it happens. Life happens because we do this for the genuine love of wrestling. We're not getting paid for this. So, um, you know, we just sometimes life we happens and we have to take a break. And amazingly enough, the last time we took a hiatus, it, you know, I mean, things happened. But uh, it wasn't like this uh, crazy influx of, of news. Holy cow. Uh, this this month being away, it just seemed like every time I turned around, there was some other breaking story in the world of pro wrestling that was like, I can't believe we're not doing the show. So, I know when we do this show, we, do, we, we have an order, we have a format that, that works pretty well for us. But with all the stuff going on, as it was, we extended our Monday show to two hours to try and get to uh, as, as much as we can. But we're going to change the lineup a little bit. So, we usually give you the news about halfway through the show. We're going to give it to you right now, and we're going to give you the biggest stories that uh, have hit over our hiatus, and then we're going to kind of dissect them. So, you want to talk about those stories? You think some other stories were big? Give us a call, 347-838-9815. But to kick us off here, we're going to start off with the Day 5 News Report. Take it away, Dave. Thank you very much, Ken. This is a special edition of the Day 5 News Report. I'd like to call it the uh, while we were away edition of the Day 5 News Report. Reporting to you the top five stories in the world of wrestling on our hiatus. Our top story, probably the biggest story that has taken place starting in the year 2014. January 26, 2014. The Royal Rumble pay-per-view gets hijacked by a rowdy Pittsburgh crowd over their displeasure for the absence of Daniel Bryan in the Royal Rumble match. Bullet Wrestling fans and the WWE didn't expect was one of its top stars to walk out of the WWE on January 27, 2014 in Cleveland, Ohio. That individual being CM Punk. Punk allegedly approached Chairman Vince McMahon and told him he was leaving and not coming back. This is a report that put WWE in a panic mode, having to rewrite current storylines, heading into WrestleMania 30, while keeping the media at bay in hopes of more information not leaking out. Some say his departure is over creative differences. Some say it's over being hurt and burnt out. Some say it's a complete work. Whatever the case may be, CM Punk picked as good a time as any to take his ball and go home. On January 8, 2014, the WWE made a groundbreaking announcement from Las Vegas, Nevada, that they will be launching the WWE Network on February 24th. A subscription to the network will only cost $9.99 a month with a six-month commitment. 
The network will feature new and original content, as well as every single archived WWE, WCW, and ECW pay-per-view, which totals out to just a little over 400 pay-per-views, along with the current 12 monthly WWE pay-per-views, and so much more. The network is available on Xbox Live, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, the iPad, your Amazon Kindle, Roku, laptops, and smartphones. The official launch of the network is at 11.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, February 24th. But, it, but fans are able to register and access archived content of the network at 9 a.m. on the morning of the 24th. For all the details and information, head on over to WWE.com or the WWE app. At the end of 20, in our third story, at the end of 2013, we speculated on a number of talents' future in TNA wrestling. Some of those talents being AJ Styles and the icon Sting. Well, as 2014 is in its early stages, both these talents are no longer under contract to TNA Wrestling. Styles, who was officially gone in late 2013, has been a big name on the independent scene, working all over the country and the world, including making more frequent stops at Ring of Honor, where he was a regular performer there before arriving in TNA in the summer of 2002. As far as new talent is concerned, Ring of Honor mainstays Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards arrived in TNA a month ago as a part of the top storyline involving owner Dixie Carter and the power struggle with the new investor, who so happens to be former WWE superstar MVP. Along with EC3, Gunner, Bobby Roode, and TNA World Heavyweight Champion Magnus, as well as some Japanese stars from the Great Muda's Wrestle 1 promotion, TNA looks to be finally taking the initiative to focus on younger talent as opposed to established names from the past. Speaking of TNA, as one door closes, another one opens. Yes, as cliche as, cliche as that may sound, excuse me, it's my, it's, it's, my first, it's my first rodeo back, so I'm having a little hard time here, may sound. Could that be the case for former WCW and TNA star Sting? For eight years, this thing has arrived in TNA. As the end of his, con year, his year-long contract came to a close, speculation on his future with the company would arise. As each year passes, Sting would give it the old college try once again with TNA, wanting to help brand and establish the company as a force in the wrestling world. That is until in recent years, even from Sting himself, who has publicly expressed interest in a run with the WWE. Well, despite all the rumors and speculation in the past in regards to a WWE run and it not coming to fruition, it looks like at 56 years old, Sting looks like he's going to be capping off his illustrious career with the WWE. Every year these rumors are brought up publicly, it seems to be shut down in a quick manner. But with TNA performing cost-cutting measures, a logical nostalgia run with the WWE looks more like a reality for a man called Sting. And our fifth and final story from our, our hiatus, late 2013, the founder of TNA Wrestling, Jeff Jarrett, steps away from the company to pursue other endeavors. The founder of the number two wrestling promotion in the, in the world has allegedly joined forces with country music star Toby Keith to start a new wrestling promotion. Rumors began to surface weeks after the, the, the rumors of the sale of TNA to Jeff Jarrett and Toby Keith apparently falling through. Jeff Jarrett has said publicly that when he can publicly talk about this project, it will shake up the wrestling world. As of this writing, no announcement has been made. 
And there you have it, folks. That was a very special edition of the While We Were Away Day 5 News Report. Ken, back to you. And it is crazy. I mean, you know, there's other things that happen, and and it just keeps coming. And as we're, you know, we're we're talked about the show, we're coming up with the lineup, and we're thinking, let's start off with the news. So we kind of give, you know, some talking points to get into things. And and we thought, all right, these are definitely the top five news stories. And then lo and behold, as we're getting ready to go on the air, some breaking news comes across the wire. And you never know when you hear things and the rumors circulate with the dirt sheets and everything. But I will swear by whatever Mike Johnson reports. Mike Johnson is a fairly, I shouldn't say fairly, very reliable source out there. So I take a lot of news with a grain of salt. And when I hear it from Mike Johnson, I'm like, all right, that's pretty much as close to fact as it possibly can get. And... Mike Johnson reporting that Hulk Hogan is confirmed he will be at Raw on February 24th, uh, launching of the network that night. Uh, this is, uh, wow, as an admitted Hogan mark, knowing that Hulk Hogan is going to be back in WWE, and I, you know, no speculation or story as of yet, but... My speculation is if he's coming back, uh, he's got to have some role at WrestleMania, and it's WrestleMania 30. So I am actually right now in complete markout mode, knowing that I'll be at WrestleMania, and I will be sitting in my seat at a WrestleMania, and I will hear Hulk Hogan's Real American play, and he will come out. I am just absolutely floored right now. I am so excited. So... As we think we're getting a handle on the stories that are breaking, another huge story breaks. And, and you know, Dave, I, I, I can't it's, – it's hard to contain myself. I'm completely marking out here. Yeah, I, I, so am I on the inside. And, uh, you know, I got, into, I got into wrestling because of Hulk Hogan. So, you know, I, I never – well, you never say never in the wrestling business, but I had a hard time believing that he would ever – come back but you know money talks and i'm i'm super excited and ken you said you're going to be sitting in your seat i don't think you're going to be sitting i think you're going to be standing you might pose you might cup the ear a little bit when he take when he rips the shirt i know i'm going to be um so i'm looking forward to being in new orleans when uh, you know he eventually makes his return to wwe and, you know it, it looks like that night that they're going to you know that's the same night as they they launched the network so um he, there's going to be multiple reasons why he's going to be there but i wouldn't be surprised if they announced that he's going to uh you know uh host wrestlemania and and have his role at wrestlemania be determined that night but i'm just looking forward to it in general he's been the 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 one guy for me since i started watching wrestling so yeah and it definitely you know it changes the landscape and we got so many things to get into tonight you know i'm sure we'll wind up touching on the, the hulk hogan uh story later on in the show just what what is his impact going forward as we're in the midst of wrestlemania season so but unbelievable news coming out today i mean well and i'll keep an eye on it because who knows what could break as as we're doing the show but what what an, an interesting time to be a wrestling fan and you know uh probably the biggest story at least the story that seems to be resonating uh, greatly with fans right now is uh one cm punk walks out of the WWE, and, uh, you know, it, it, it leaves a void. It definitely leaves a void, a, a talented guy, um, but he, he walks out. Uh, he's, his contract is up. 
this summer, and he just decided that he wasn't happy with things and decided he he just he'd had enough. He took his ball and went home, so to speak. And uh, you know, it's I, I got a lot of mixed feelings about this, Dave. You know, I you know, on one hand, he's, he's a talented guy. Um, you know, but on the other hand, honestly, Dave, I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm tired of, you know, it, it seems to happen every every few months, you know, that, that the stories break that CM Punk's not happy. What is CM Punk going to do? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I, whine, I, I find myself getting sick and tired of hearing a a whining millionaire. If he's not a millionaire, he's probably damn near close to it. And, uh, you know, it's enough. Enough. All right. You're not happy. Just to me, then just go. And I don't want to hear from you again. I don't want, I don't want you to come. I don't, I honestly find myself thinking, I don't want you to sign another contract because you're going to sign another contract. And then in a couple months, we're going to hear that you're not happy with the way things are going creatively. And, you know, this is coming from a guy who, like I said, has made a ton of money and had the longest run with the WWE Championship in 25 years. And I'm supposed to take seriously that, that you know, you're being treated unfairly? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, Dave, I, I see where, where fans are disappointed and they want CM Punk out there. But, but to me, I, I, just as a man, I, I'm honestly just, just tired of, of hearing the, the pissing and moaning. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm... In agreement with you that I have mixed feelings on the situation, and the reason why is uh, two things. You know, we all know as fans and as people that you know watch wrestling as much as we do that it's it's a year-round thing, and these guys put their bodies on the line out there every night, and they're working crazy schedules. And it depends on how high up you are in the card. Well, CM Punk's pretty high up in the uh, you know the, the chain of command in WWE. He's very popular amongst, you know, a, a lot of fans. Top three in merchandise. He's probably one of the, you know, the, the top guys with John Cena. Um, and he does a lot of, you know, he's he's out there a lot. He does a lot of appearances. He's, he's, he wrestles, wrestles practically every show that they have. Um, so I can understand the burnout, that, you're bur- that he's burnt out physically and he's hurt. I get that, okay? But you go into the wrestling business – knowing what kind of schedule, you know, this entails. You know what the lifestyle is. You know that you're going to be hurt. You know that you're going to be working almost every night. You're not going to have much of a life, okay? And he knows that. And if you want to be number one, you want to be the best, which he's complained publicly about not being the number one guy, um, you know, not in the John Cena spot, then you – you're gonna you're gonna be in high demand, and, and they're gonna want you you know on every show. They're gonna want you to make all the appearances to promote the company. I mean, they they even went as far as to get the guy a tour bus, so he didn't have to travel in rental cars anymore, and, and he could relax a little bit. And you know, they do it for a number of the top guys. So Punk is seen as pretty important in that company. I don't know how important he wants to be seen, but they see him as something pretty important in that company. And I've heard that there's a you know a mixture of being burnt out and creative and he didn't like his storyline with the, the potential storyline he was going to have with Triple H because it wasn't the main event. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a point I want to bring up about that. Is that. Mick Foley just said in an interview recently that he spoke to Punk the day after the Royal Rumble, and he told Punk, he goes, don't let the words main event dictate how you feel about a WrestleMania because 
Edge and I in 2006 were not the main event of WrestleMania, but we had a damn good match. And it may not be the last match on the card, but it's a pretty important match. And you're wrestling the guy who's the, the chief operating officer of the, of the company, Triple H, so it's a pretty important match. You're, you're, you're high up there. Just because you're not closing the show doesn't mean it's still not important. Then again, we don't know all the, the details behind all this. This is just all speculation. It could be a creative thing. It, it, I, we've even seen uh, letters that have been posted online, anonymous letters from guys that work in WWE on the roster that have made statements about Punk being a, a, a whiny little bitch and jealous of Daniel Bryan and his success and how you know he feels that he should be the number one guy. And, and you know, Another point I want to make, too, is that you don't ever, other than one time where I've been to a show, you know, Punk has got, Punk has never publicly, like, thanked his audience or thanked his fans. On the DVD that he's got, any of these interviews, you never hear him say, you know what, a lot of my success goes to the fans. Because you hear a lot of wrestlers, they thank their fans. They're very grateful. You never hear that from him. You never hear that from him. And... As a wrestling fan, it's like, dude, I pay, ticket, I pay money to buy a ticket to see you, okay? And a lot of people paid money to buy a ticket to see him that night, and he turned around and walked away. He turned it, he, 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 in a sense, he turned his back on his audience. I could, like I said, I can understand burnout, but at the same time, you got, you got an obligation to people that look up to you. You are a larger-than-life superhero. That's what you got into this business for, to, because you love it and because you were seen as, some, as, a, as a big deal. You know what this entails. I mean, I, I don't know what this I, – honestly, and I agree with you, Ken, if he didn't come back – I'm okay with it. I'm not a huge punk fan. I like him. He's talented. I don't ever take away his talent. He's probably one of the top ten bad guys in all of wrestling, in the history of wrestling. But in my opinion, talented in the ring, but I just I, – I don't – he's not like a needle mover for me. I'm not like jumping on my TV screen like, ooh, I got to see punk. You know, I just – I the guy needs a break, obviously. Give him a break. Let him, let him, let him, you know, rest and relax. He'll come back, okay? I know he will, okay? Because he's certainly not going to go to TNA because they'll have to release 10 guys to just give him a fraction of what he's making in WWE. So he won't go to TNA, regardless of how much creative control he may get over there. He certainly won't do that. He, from what I'm hearing, he, he can walk away and live comfortably because he saved his money. If that's what's going to make him happy, great. But you know something, dude? You are, are, are looked up to by a lot of people, kids and adults and young adults alike, and you let down some people by turning around and walking away. And, and I totally agree with you there. I mean, and there are a couple things. You know what? You bring up a good point, like he's not going to show up in TNA. You know what? I mean, first thing, you're, you're, you're the voice of the voiceless. Well, you're not giving the voiceless a voice by walking away. You want to make a statement? You know what? Take a pay cut and show up in TNA. Let's see what happens. If you want to go and make a statement, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll give you the invite right now. Wrestling on Fire, we got an event on Friday. CM Punk, why don't you visit us? Why don't you come by our show? You want to make a statement in the world of wrestling? You know, you're in it for the little guy. You're the voice of the voiceless. Well, you know what? Put your money where your mouth is. Take a pay cut and go elsewhere. Uh, you know, and... and I'm just kind of tired of it. You know, I can't get, you know, wrap my head around a guy that, you know, he's, he's doing what people dream of. And, and more often than not, we're hearing about him 
complaining and, and not being happy. And, you know, a few years ago when he left, I, there was some consequence. They needed him. I don't think they need him right now. With, with the way Daniel Bryan is and how popular he is, with guys like The Shield, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose coming up, the Wyatts, you know, the, the youth coming into the WWE, I, I think they can survive a CM Punk loss. I don't know if this is the best move for, for Punk. But, you know, you want to make a statement out there, well, you know, either walk away and don't come back or show up someplace else. But like you said, I all but guarantee at some point, if the WWE ante's up and the money is right, we'll see CM Punk back in the WWE. So it's, you know, essentially it winds up being just sign me and I'll, and I'll take the money. And, you know, it's like, I wish, I wish I could have that sort of job. It must be awesome. I'm, you know, I'm going to try this tomorrow and see what happens. I'm going to go to work because it's no secret. I hate my job, and I think most of the people that run my job don't have a clue as to what they're doing. So you know what? Myself and CM Punk, we have a lot in common when we think about our jobs. I'm going to go into my supervisor's office tomorrow, and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm burned out, and I don't like the direction we're going in. So you know what? I'm just going home. But by all means, keep paying me. I expect to get paid. I'm just not going to come to work anymore. You know, it must be nice to be able to just, hey, I'm kind of burned out on my job, so I'm just going to go home. And then we're supposed to feel bad. And I got to be honest, the one thing that really struck me with this is, is the spot that he's had. And like I said before, the longest run with the WWE Championship in 25 years. All right, fine. Maybe he's not happy with where he is right now, but come on. I mean, they've been more than fair with the role that he's had in the company. He has had a high-profile role, and you know what? Whether, like you said, Dave, whether it's the main event or not, having a match at WrestleMania against Triple H is not a bad spot to be in. Triple H, love him or hate him, he's an all-time great. And he's got a high-profile role in the company right now. That is not, you know, you're not getting shit on by getting a WrestleMania match with Triple H. Think about the other guys in the company. Think about a guy like Dolph Ziggler, who is, is probably doubting whether he's going to have a spot at all on the WrestleMania card. And, look at, and that guy is talented as hell. Think of other guys that just would love to get on the card, and, and you're not happy that you're, that you're wrestling Triple H. And... You know, being in the independent scene and, and working more and more with Wrestling on Fire, and we've had guys on the show, guys like, you know, that we've worked, Steve Alf, you know, been on the show, we hear about this guy getting in his car, going, you know, to tryouts and, and promoting himself, like, this guy Preacher in, in the BWO who, like, you know, takes a keyboard to the head because he thinks it'll be entertaining, and, you know, these guys are making a lot, Ray Ray Mars, Andrew Anderson has been on the show. Ricky Reyes, who is, is so incredibly talented. I mean, if you ever have a chance to watch a Ricky Reyes match, that guy is incredible. Guys like Papadon, all the talent in the world would go in weekend and week out, busting their asses. Who knows what they're getting paid when they're, they're wrestling in front of, you know, 50 people in an Elks club. And, and I'm supposed to take seriously that CM Punk is not happy being on the WrestleMania card because he wants to be higher up. I'm sorry. But that sort of statement, and, and I know that he's really talented, and I get, you know, if you're a fan of his, but to me, I, to me, he is spitting in the face 
of all those independent wrestlers that are busting their ass each and every weekend just trying to get a fraction of what CM Punk has. I mean, if we had Steve off on this show and we asked him, you know what, we'll give you, you know, the warm, we'll give you the warm-up match, the, the pre-show match at WrestleMania, but we're going to have to cut off two fingers. He would put his hand on the slab and say, by all means, take whatever two fingers you need just so I can get on the card. I, I mean, come on. I, I just, you know, he's got a spot that people dream of. And, you know, unless he really pisses people off, someday he's going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. And, I, you know, I just, I really have a difficult time wrapping my brain around feeling sorry for him. Uh, you know, oh, again, here's, go ahead. Here's what, here's what this does, though, Ken. Sorry to interrupt, but here's what his departure has done now. It's not only screwed up the advertising for the company and potential plans that they had for him, even though his contract was expiring in July, it is also, in a nutshell, has taken a guy like Daniel Bryan, who, for all intents and purposes, I wouldn't say that the company has buried him, but they have not put him in a favorable light, and the audience has been wanting to see him at the top. And now the outroar, there's, a, there's an outcry for Daniel Bryan. I mean, they hijacked the, the Pittsburgh crowd hijacked that Royal Rumble pay-per-view because they were upset Daniel Bryan was not in the Royal Rumble match because they know the story that would have been told. The, the, the best story that would have been told was all this this tragedy that he has gone through since SummerSlam, and now he's on that rise to get to the top. I think the company, with, with Punk's walkout and what took place in Pittsburgh that night at the Royal Rumble, I think they're starting to realize, okay, we've got to start listening to our audience in some sense, okay? And we've got to start giving them what they want. We're, we're far away. We can't get Punk right now because he's gone. So we're going to have to give them something. And I think what they're doing is that they're giving the people what they want with Daniel Bryan in the position that he's in. I mean, it, they've, they've changed the, the possibilities of the WrestleMania card several times over. I mean, we've heard stories of Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. Now that might not happen. Now we're hearing possibly John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Sheamus was supposed to wrestle Daniel Bryan. You were supposed to have CM Punk and Triple H. Now we're hearing Triple H and Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan against Randy Orton and Batista. Another guy who just came back and, and who has not had the most positive reaction from the audience because – the people feel like he's just here to be part-time, when he really isn't. I mean, look at all this stuff that has spawned off of what CM Punk has done. If CM Punk didn't walk out, I don't think a lot of the changes that are being made currently in creative right now would not be taking place. So for some guys, you've got to thank, your, thank CM Punk for your position on the WrestleMania card, a guy like Daniel Bryan, who damn well deserves it. But it's it's... To me, good riddance. You want to be gone? Fine. You're gone, okay? But let's, let's now focus on what's, what's the, the talent that's currently there right now. Because I, I think that they're really trying their hardest to get him back. And, let, and you know what? I hope to God that this whole thing is a work and that it's the greatest work in the history of wrestling. And he comes back and surprises everyone at WrestleMania and costs Daniel Bryan the title. And then you've got a feud between the two of them. The Internet will blow their load all over their computer screens and their tablets if they would see something like that. And I, I mean, yeah. Okay? 
We, we preface everything. has spawned off all this craziness that has taken place and has now got everyone speculating, well, who's going to be here? Who's going to be there? Which guy's coming in? Who's this guy going to face? Who's Undertaker going to wrestle? I mean, all that he has done is – what he has done is basically turned everything chaotic for them. And that's not something that they want personally. But at the same time, I like the storyline better with Daniel Bryan, you know, being in the main event. So if that means Punk is gone and Bryan, who's a more entertaining character and a better wrestler than him in the main event, then that's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if they wind up being, you know, I'll apologize. If this winds up being a huge work, that would, it might be the greatest work ever. But, you know, all signs are pointing to it. It really not being a work, and this is real, and and uh, you know, like I said, I I just think when when you know I go to these shows, and and I go often now because I'm working them, and you know, some of these shows that you know you go into an Elks Club, and there's you know like 50 people there, and, and you know these guys still come down and, and bust their ass, you know, just just to sniff, uh, you know what Sam Punk is has, I mean he has it. You know, and, and for him to just turn his back and, and walk out, I, I just, I don't know, I, I just don't respect that. Uh, you know, if you want to walk out at the end of your contract, uh, fine. But, you know, fulfill your obligation, fulfill the remainder of your contract, and, and, and man up. You know, so I, it's, it's, I don't know, it's tough for me to kind of wrap my brain around feeling sorry for CM Punk. And obviously, this is, a, you know, CM Punk has always been a guy that elicits controversy, and he's a very polarizing figure, and... Some people love him. Some people hate him. Uh, again, not to stop. Very talented individual and a guy that the WWE could need, uh, could use, and, and definitely needs. But uh, you know, him kind of taking this stance, it's not something that that sits well with me. And as we're saying that this is a, a polarizing figure, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. And this is our first story we wanted to hit upon. You know, what do you guys think? And you know what? So many things have happened. You got something else you want to talk about? By all means. Bring it up, but you know what? We're talking about CM Punk. We'd love to know what you guys are thinking uh, about him and what he's done with the company. We're going to go out to the phones right now. we got Dank on the line. Dank, how you doing tonight? Good. How you gentlemen doing? We're doing all right. Thanks for giving us a call. What do you got for us? Well, first off, welcome back, and happy birthday, Ken. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, you can't get a much better present than you get to see Hogan at WrestleMania, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I got I got to thank the WWE, you know, for for giving me that birthday gift. That was that was real nice of them for uh, <laughs> that to leak today. The conspiracy theory of uh, is WWE listening to your show continues. <laughs> it's your birthday. You're coming back, and right before you go on, they release breaking news. It's like somebody's got to be listening. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, to touch up on um, the CM Punk thing going on because to me that I don't know I had a lot of respect for CM Punk especially when he did when he started with the whole pipe bomb and him not necessarily being like the people's hero but being the I don't even know how to describe it um he wasn't really a yeah, he was like the underdog. He, thank you. He was like, you know, the one that like spoke out and was like, no, this is wrong and, you know, this and that. And it feels like he became the person that he was speaking out against. You know, he was always like the one that it's like, 
you want to keep doing this to me, go ahead. I'm going to come back week after week. I'm not like these other people that, you know, they're going to bitch and moan and whine and leave. And then here he is, and he became the person that he was fighting out against, that he was talking down to. And it's like, how do you explain? Like, as adults and as fans, we're like, well, yeah, way to go, douchebag. But how do you explain that to, like, a child? How do you explain to, you know, somebody, the child's like, look, Dad, somebody's standing up for the minority, somebody's standing up for the underdog, now leaves the company because he feels he's not being appreciated? You know, it's like, I don't know. Grandeur and the main stage for maybe for some people is too much. And like you said, there are people like... um. Uh, I forgot who you said, the, the, the blonde wrestler, that, uh, Ziggler, thank you, that, you know, wish they could, you know, they're, like, they're fighting tooth and nail, hoping they get on the card, hoping that they have worked an entire year to even just make WrestleMania. You know, I'm sure, like, any of us, if even if we were in a match that doesn't get televised, if we were, like, in the opening dark match, we wouldn't care. We're on the card. And here you have somebody that was speaking out against everybody, which, honestly, I think him versus Triple H would have been great because, you know, first he got all mad at Vince, and now it's Triple H. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I think it was a very bad judgment on his part. And like you said, it's at a time where, it's not like the WWE cannot move on without Punk because they have all these wrestlers that are coming up and getting strong, like the Wyatt family, the Shield, especially Roman Reigns. I think it was career suicide, and it'll be maybe a long time before, not, not even he changes his mind, but if the WWE really cares about the fans, even allows him to come back. But it's, it's interesting. Just, you, know, like, you, know, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, what happens when he comes back or if he comes back and how do fans uh, respond to him? I mean, you, you kind of figure there's always going to be a, a section of the fans that are going to you know, cheer him no matter what, and, and his return will be welcomed. But, uh, you know, does everybody... Um, buy into that, um, you know, and, and does he care? Uh, but, you know, I would think, honestly, and, and, you know, all valid points, you know, like you said, number one, how do you explain that to a kid, a uh, fan, and he just walks out? Um, but number two, you know, if I'm Vince McMahon, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if CM Punk comes back and you're unhappy with creative before, if this is all for real, if, if none of this is a, is a work and it's all for real, if I'm in charge of the WWE, there is no way on God's green earth that CM Punk sniffs a significant storyline when he comes back. Only because I do not want to take the risk of a guy who, on a whim, might be in a mood to walk out again. And so I'm not going to take that chance. I'll give him something significant, but mid-cardy. I'm going to be real careful how big a storyline I'll give him going forward because I don't know when the, the urge to leave will be again. So it's, 
I, I agree. I think this. I don't know if it's quite career suicide, but if, if this is all for real, it, it's it can't be a good thing. And uh, you know, really curious to see how this will all play itself out. Um, you know, if all the stories you hear about CM Punk are true, you know, you, you kind of feel like anything can happen. I mean, this guy could he he could come back, and then we'll see him, and he'll have another run. Uh, or you know, it would not shock me at all if he's just gone. And does not come back at all. But uh, um, all great points, um, you know. And like you said, I mean, I don't, I don't think we really miss him. Do you think this is going to be one of those like comes back years from now and does the whole Brett screwed Brett, but it's you know Punk screwed Brunt. No, it was Vince that screwed Punk. Or do I you think that he it. just? But I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Dave? I, I I give it a year, and they bring him back, and he's and first of all, they put him in a limited role as far as you know he's not on TV every week, he's not a mainstay, he's not a you know he, he gets like a kind of like an Undertaker kind of role in a sense, but not I mean he'll work more than Undertaker, and then they'll give him what he wants that last main event match. He comes in as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble in 2015, and then he headlines and has the last match at WrestleMania against you know, whoever. Maybe it'll be with Triple H. Maybe they will acknowledge this and have it be a year in the making. I mean, who knows? Um, but I've, I've said it. You know, I said it earlier. I think it's better that he's gone right now. Maybe he needs a break. I mean, he doesn't look like he's real interested being out there sometimes, too. He looks like he's tired. For a guy who's straight edge, he looks like he's hung over all the time. Um, I mean, it, it's probably best he just step away right now. But I think he'll be back for the right amount of money, the right storyline, under his terms or under terms that he can be willing to accept from the company. Because I think the storyline with Daniel Bryan and Triple H is much better, and it makes much more sense. I could have seen Punk in the title picture this year. I, I would have been cool if they put Punk in the title picture with Orton because it's a fresh feud, or maybe even with Batista, or have the three of them. And then you got Daniel Bryan and Triple H because that's where the real story is between the two of them. They just threw Punk in there with Triple H, I think, because they wanted to satisfy Punk because they knew they weren't going to give him a title match. So I think eventually um, he'll be back in a year and they'll promote it, and they'll make a big deal out of it. And maybe that'll be CM Punk's send-off. I don't know, because there's been talks he's wanted to retire after his current contract ran out. So um, who knows what's going to happen. But I, I give it that he'll be back at some point, a year at the most. A year at the most. But he'll be back. And, and they'll acknowledge this and make it a storyline, and it will appease everybody, hopefully. Thanks. Thanks a lot for the call. All great points. We want to get back out to the phones, but uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week. And uh, like I said earlier in the show, it was great seeing you down in Florida, and we'll talk soon. All right. Same to you guys. Talk to you guys later. Take it easy. Bye. We're going we're, we're gonna to stay with the phones. We got uh, someone. We got a call from Connecticut. Uh, call, are you there? Yes, I am. How you Hello? doing? Ken, long time no speak, man. How you been? Happy birthday. Doing all right. Who is this? This is James. Hey, James. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad the show's back. I can't speak. I'm glad the show's back. Happy birthday. What's going on, Dave? How you guys doing? Doing all well, right. Man, how you been? <laughs> Talking a little uh, CM Punk. What, what do you got for us? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, his departure? Uh, I mean, 
Well, there's different there's different ways you can really like tackle the situation. I'm not gonna jump down the guy's throat because I personally don't know the man, so I can't say what. I wasn't also I wasn't there when the whole thing happened between him and Vince. It's all speculation until someone actually comes out and says, and like who was there and, or has footage of what happened. Everything that we're talking about is speculation. But that being said, what's not speculation is the last two years, with the exception of that six-week break between WrestleMania 29 and Payback, he was the guy, basically, give or take, you know, a few pay-per-views. He was the guy nonstop from Survivor Series 2011. Actually, let's go, even further. Let's go back to Money in the Bank 2011. All the way up until, all the way up until the Royal Rumble, he was nonstop. He wrestled with. Didn't he have knee surgery right before uh, Raw in 2013? And you know, wrestled in a TLC match with a, with a you know just freshly repaired knee. He was champion for 434 days. He didn't sleep. He barely did anything he wanted to do. You know that that schedule's hectic. I've I've seen interviews with guys and. <clears throat> Fighting a little bit of a cold here, but I've seen interviews with guys, and they're they're talking about how the schedule is so hectic. How Wednesday's your day off, and then you know Thursday you're back on the road. Friday or your Friday through like what Monday or Tuesday you're back on the loop again, and then Wednesday you're home for a little bit, and then you do it all over again. And that's just guys from the Shield who aren't really that big. Yeah, they're doing press and they're doing gym stuff. Like I think uh, I think Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose they said. You know, one time they got they had gotten to their hotel at like four o'clock in the morning, and then Rollins was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna go work out now." Because he, he goes to like his CrossFit gyms and does like a little 24 hour thing or whatever. But he went and worked out, and then Ambrose and uh, Rain slept, and then when they when he came back, they got up and did their thing. Now they're relatively fresh. Look at Punk; he was the champion for 434 days, so he had to do all their press, and more, he didn't have time off. He was tired. I mean, yeah, like you said, he looks like he's hungover. That's because he's tired. I mean, the man barely gets any sleep. He barely gets any rest. He has that bus, which, you know, does help for travel, but when you're beating yourself up in the ring five nights a week, that rest really don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? But, James, they know that going in. They, yeah. I mean, they, they know that. Like, every, I mean, even even before, you know, when, when there were more than just one company, when there was, you know, WCW and even, you know, some of the, 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 the existing territories that were – everybody knew that if you went up to New York, is what they referred to it, working for Vince yeah. McMahon, that you were going to work a lot, but you were going to have yeah. the opportunity to make a lot of money. I mean, Hogan did the same loop. Hogan did it even worse. Guys like Hogan and Steve Austin, all those guys that are in top spots are in those spots for a reason because they're prepared and know what what kind of travel and what their what their schedule is going to be like and what they're what, they know what they're getting into. You can't feel bad for somebody that knows what he's getting into. I could, like I said, I could understand oh, no. burnout, but. At the same time, you know what you're getting into. You want to be in the top spot? Guess what? You're going to work every night. You're going to work. You're going to do radio ads. You're going to do commercials. You're going to do all that stuff. John Cena isn't the champ, and John Cena still does the same amount of stuff oh, yeah. that Punk does. 
You know, so it's not more. I can't feel it's not bad more. for somebody that knows what they're getting into and they're still going to complain about it. It's one thing oh, no. if he said, you know what, this ain't for me anymore. I can't do this. I'm sorry, I can't do this. It's the same for me anymore. But then if you're gonna, then you're gonna start adding on complaints about stuff, you know, speculation, albeit creatively. You, I'm sorry, you can't feel bad. I can't feel bad for a guy like that. Well, I can't. Well, from all the talent, the world, read, all the respect for his talent, but I'm sorry, personality-wise, I can't feel. I'm sorry, I can't feel for it. Well, well, from from what I read, now this is all dirt sheet stuff. From what, something I read. The the big fuss was initially, this is, you know, once again, speculation. Initially, he was penciled in to face Orton at Mania. But because of the whole, you know how he was, you know, ditching the contract thing three years ago. <clears throat> he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do something later. I'll sign it later or whatever. They weren't sure about him re-signing in July. So they were like, well, we're not going to put all our chips on Punk. Dave's coming back. So Dave signed a contract for two years. Dave's going to be here. Let's put our money on Dave. Let's put the chips on Dave. And maybe in his brain, he was like, well, that's not fair. I've been here. Dave just got back. But at the same time, you look at the track record, 2002 uh, Rumble, Triple H returns and he wins. Oh, my God, that's a shock. Who else did that? Um, uh, Edge, 2010. Who else came back in the Rumble and then won it? So, I mean, look at their track record. So, I mean, I, you can play devil's advocate. You really can. It, it, I don't feel bad because, like you said, he knew what he was getting into. But I also don't know the full situation either. So, it's a... Uh, Granted, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a, you know, glass half full, half empty kind of thing. Like, on the one hand, the guy needs to take a break, plain and simple. He really needs, needs to take some time off. His, I saw a difference in the man in that six weeks he took off from WrestleMania 29. And when he came back at payback, he looked like a different man. Like, he looked as if he'd been sleeping and he'd been resting and eating. And then you see him now and he's got those deep bags and he looks tired and he's not, I remember I've read Foley's uh, not, something Foley he's not jumping off the ropes as high as he was and as far as he was he's hurt and he's tired your body's getting banged up in there they don't have an off season and I think, he's, been, I think it's, he's been going steady since 2000, no not even since the 90s when he first started wrestling in the 90s so I get that he's banged up Sam Punk him. is a guy that that I think he's got a you know you know he's probably a guy that needs to do a little bit of soul searching on exactly what he wants as a career and, and in the business and you know obviously saw there was an anonymous letter that was released supposedly from a WWE employee and uh, you know again like you're saying you got to take everything with a grain of salt what's real what's not um, but one of the interesting points in the letter was. You know, CM Punk talks a lot about, well, at least you hear the stories that he wants to be the man. He wants to be the top guy in the company. He wants to, you know, he wants to be pushed like John Cena. But, and, and kind of like you're saying, but he also seems like the guy that does not want to, you know, have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and, and do a morning show and then hop on a plane and go somewhere else to do a, 
a uh, Make-A-Wish uh, speaking engagement, and then hop on another plane to get on the Monday Night Raw in a different city. So, you know, it, it's like when you listen to the stuff that CM Punk says, it's like the ego side of him wants to be, you know, John Cena, wants to be the top mm-hmm. guy, wants to be pushed like John Cena. But realistically, he probably doesn't want that schedule. He's not the – John Cena is – and that's why John Cena is the top, the top guy, regardless of all his limitations, and there are some. There are a lot of things that, that CM Punk can do that do better than John Cena. However, mm-hmm. Cena is just one of those freaks of nature that can survive on like, you know, it seems like 15 minutes sleep and can get up mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and, and go to Sirius XM and do, you know, five interviews on different radio stations throughout Sirius XM, then hop over and do a TV appearance and go someplace else and then wrestle that night, get a half hour <laughs> sleep and head across country and do another appearance. He's just a freak. And I think Mm -hmm. Sam Punk's one of those guys that's got to look at himself in the mirror and say, you know what, it would be great as far as ego to be that guy, but it it might not be the role that CM Punk is is suited for. Probably not. Not to deviate away from your point or anything, but one of the reasons why I'm not mad at Punk is because Austin did the same thing. Austin walked away too. And they moved on just fine. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a crappy time to you know walk away, but they've dealt with this before. Yeah, and the thing, Not the thing is, though, like, you know, he's a big Austin fan, and Austin has said that he he regretted uh, walking away. So, you know, it, it's interesting, and again, it's it's a polarizing subject, and uh, you know, I I'd like to see him back, I guess, but. Uh, you know, just turning your back. I mean, to me, it's like kind of turning your back on your fans. But, uh, James, thank you so much for the call and, and uh, definitely uh, some different insight on the CM Punk thing. And, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. Give us give us a buzz back. Oh, yeah. Now, now that with my, I got a new job, so Mondays I can actually talk to you guys. Very cool. So we look forward to hearing from you. We'll talk to you soon, man. Take care, man. Have Take a care. Happy birthday again. Thank you. And we're going to stick with the phones because, uh, you know, I mean, Dave, it, it, it's amazing, but it, it really is uh, polarizing. And I think, you know, James did bring up some good points. Uh, you know, we, we really do as, as fans, and ultimately, even though we're, we're the hosts here, we're, we're fans, um, you know, you don't know everything that, that is truth and, and what is, is speculation and what perhaps is, is pure fiction. So, uh, you know, when, when the stance we're taking it is for the most part, based on what we're hearing is fact. Obviously, for both of us, I think our opinions could change if we find out that the facts have changed. Um, but James is 100% right. we got to take uh, everything that we're hearing with, with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny that James brought up the, uh, the the Steve Austin walkout from 2002. My girlfriend, Nicole, was just telling me, you know, she said to me, um, you never know what's really happening unless you're in their shoes. You don't know if something happened in his personal life or that he doesn't, that he doesn't want known. It could be something like that. And 
that was something that happened with Steve Austin. Steve Austin cited creative, different, creative differences as to why he walked out, but really his body was beaten up. He didn't have much longer left in the ring. Maybe this is a case where Punk is really hurt and he can't do it anymore. And, you know, we, we've heard in all the stories and the speculation that, that he's kind of half-assed through the matches and that he's hurt and beat up. Maybe he's, Maybe he went to the doctor recently and they said, Dude, you can't do this anymore. Like you, you only got a few left in you. So maybe this is a case where he, where he kind of did do the same thing that Steve Austin did. All right, I'm burnt out and I'm hurt, but I'm not going to let anybody know about it. I'm just going to cite creative differences as the reason as to why I'm leaving because he didn't want to admit something like that, or maybe even something more personal in his family. Something took place. You never know. But you know, like I agree with you. Maybe my opinion will change. Who knows how this is all going to play out? And we're going to stick with the phones because obviously this is a, a hotbed topic. And uh, we had another call out, out for, in Connecticut. So, I'll call are you there? Are you there, caller? 203. Going once. Well, you know what? Maybe you're not paying attention, but I'll put you back on hold. Maybe you're just listening. And uh, if you want to get on, hang up and call back and we'll, we'll get you on. But, uh,. Not paying attention, or maybe just wants to listen, getting the silent treatment from 203, but, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people wanted to weigh in on the CM Punk story, and, and as you see, as we we got heated about it, and then people called in and had uh, pretty pointed uh, opinions about what was going on with CM Punk, obviously, uh, I think we hit the nail on the head as that being the, the biggest story uh, that probably occurred over the course of, of our hiatus, however... You know, rivaling that story, uh, holy cow, uh, WWE announces that they're going to, the, the, the WWE Network is coming. It is on its way. It, it's a reality. It is it's here. Um, theoretically, if everything works, it sounds pretty amazing. I was absolutely shocked watching the, the uh, press conference and uh, hearing all the stuff you're going to get. Uh, out of the network, uh, it seemed pretty impressive. Uh, my hat's off to the WWE because, uh, to me, they listen to what fans would want. Um, I, I was pretty pumped watching it again. Absolutely shocked at how many things happened when we decided to go on hiatus as I'm sitting there watching the press conference. Like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but pretty amazing stuff. Uh, you know, if it doesn't work... It all, you know, everything uh, goes by the board. But on paper, when you see what you're getting out of this network, pretty impressive stuff, Dave. Yeah, the the, the lineup itself with everything that they provide. I mean, I, I listed it in the news report with new and original content, you know, re- reality television show, um, you know, the, the, the Legends House. They got so much more stuff that they're still working on for the network. Every single WCW, WWE, ECW pay-per-views, all the archive stuff, the current pay-per-view lineup, including WrestleMania, nine ninety-nine a month with a six-month uh, so subscription commitment. So um, I mean, I'm impressed with all that stuff. But looking back on it, when I first saw the announcement, when I was watching it, and I was like, and we've talked about it on the show before. I don't have any desire to sit in front of a computer and watch a lot of wrestling. I'm more of a, I'll sit on the couch and watch it on TV or on a DVD player. And, I've, and that's why I don't watch a whole lot of Ring of Honor, because I don't 
want to sit in front of my computer or tablet and watch that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm old-fashioned, I guess you could say. I'm designed to watch it on TV and it being on a channel. I don't want to have to make time throughout the day to, oh, let me go online and search for, you know, for, for Ring of Honor's latest episode or whatever. So, uh, it's just not me. So I was kind of thinking about that in terms of with, uh, with the way that they're handling the network. But then again, television is changing. You, you see a lot more people with smart TVs out there using apps on their television. I mean, with all the thing, with all the avenues that this network is available on. Um, I mean, WWE. I mean, WWE. In a sense, years and years ago, when Vince made that first big run with Hogan and everybody else, it was right on the cusp of when cable television was first coming out. Now we're like in the midst of like a lot of. A lot of television shows are internet exclusive only. For instance, there's a show on Hulu that's exclusive to Hulu. You can't see it on any other network, on cable television, nothing. It's called House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. It's a drama about politics in Washington, D.C. It, it was nominated for, for an Emmy, and it's not exclusive to the internet. So it goes to show how big and how you know how, how big television is getting in a, in a different sense on the internet as opposed to actual TV itself you know what I mean so Vince is kind of riding that wave of all right you know internet's going to be the, the, the way to watch television you got Netflix everybody watches a lot of people watch stuff on Netflix nowadays you don't a lot of people don't waste their time with cable you know I know people that watch Sons of Anarchy they don't watch it on cable they wait till it comes out on Netflix and they'll watch the seasons on Netflix because with cable, you have so many channels, and you don't – honestly, Ken, how many channels do you watch on your TV? Because I know I could probably say I maybe watch about, like, a dozen at the most. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you. I mean, I, 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 at the most. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, single digits as far as networks I, I really watch regularly. Yeah, I mean, it's – they're riding this wave of, of the new, you know, of, of what television is going to be in the future, and I think it's good for them. For me personally, like, I don't have an iPad, but if you, if you, if you watch it on your iPad, you get it through iTunes or whatever. You can get an HDMI cord, hook it up to your TV. Okay, that might be suffice. But if you have, like, Xbox Live, for instance, I was doing some research with my girlfriend, son Anthony, about this because he's a big video game guy. You know, if you have an Xbox Live account, for a three-month subscription to Xbox Live, you're going to be paying $25 for three months, okay, on top of the $9.99 for the six months. So that's 60 bucks right there. So you're essentially paying $85 for this network for nine months, okay? For a six-month subscription, it's $50. For a year, it's 60 bucks. And Xbox Live now has a deal where you can just have your credit card linked in as your uh, a part of your account to Xbox, and they'll and they'll charge you five bucks a month to have Xbox Live on your Xbox. So for those of you out there who aren't video game nerds, I'm not one myself, but you know Xbox Live is for for you can watch Netflix, you can go on the internet, and you can play video games with kids in other countries and playing Call of Duty, and you know you get the headset and the earpiece, you talk to the other kid, you know on the on the other end. So. For me, the avenue of Xbox with the network isn't going to fly with me. It's not going to. It's, it's not going to fly. But what really is interesting, Ken, that I think is going to happen eventually. You know, you hear these stories about all these different pay-per-view subscribers and cable subscribers that might drop, you know, the pay-per-views um, from their regular schedule because 
they're going to give WWE is going to give all these pay-per-views away in the network. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these pay-per-view providers say, "All right, you know what? WWE is going to offer their pay-per-views for you know nine ninety-nine for a six-month subscription. We're going to give you WrestleMania for fifteen bucks." Okay, or, or something, something along. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to compete with WWE to keep the pay-per-view business alive. It's going to be an interesting time for, for the way television is in, in general. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things, and, and you know, you're hoping, and they're, they're partnering with Major League Baseball, so you're hoping the technical aspect uh, is not a problem, because immediately with all this stuff that looks great, you know, you pop on the WWE Network and you see still buffering or still loading, or you're waiting to... That, that'll kill it immediately. And, and I'm kind of like you. As much as, you know, I, I love my computer, and then I, you know, when I, when I sit and watch something, I want to sit on my couch and watch it on my TV, you know. I, I, I'm not a big fan of sitting on my computer and watching stuff, you know. Every so often I'll watch a match, you know, I'll pop on YouTube and watch a match, but I'm really not that type of guy. I want it on my TV. So as long as technically that's easy enough to do and I can get it on my TV and it works. Um, it is, I agree with you. I think it's a very interesting time for, uh, being a wrestling fan and, and for just being a TV fan. Uh, you know, could this change TV? I mean, Dave, you brought up a, a great point. You know, how many networks do you actually watch? And, you know, you're forced to get everything, you know, you're, you're, you, you know, you want to watch one show on, on one network, but you need all these other ones. It's like, God forbid I want HBO, because if I get HBO, I need the 16 other HBO stations as well. And, and you know, I'm watching 10 networks, but I, I need 800, uh, because that, that's how the packaging uh, goes. And, and, you know, you wonder, you know, I want my sports, so I, I want ESPN. You know what? I don't need ESPN Deportes. But, you know, that has to come with it. And, you know, you, you wonder, could you see other, you know, networks, maybe not the main networks, but if we see, you know, perhaps the beginning stages, you know, if, if we had a time machine and could project out, uh, you know, 10, 20 years into the future, will we be looking at 2014 as maybe the beginning stages of uh, the demise of cable TV? And, you know, we were talking before the show. I mean, one of the examples I brought up is, is like an SNY. Now, again, I don't know if we're going to see major networks, you know, go this way. But let's say an SNY, local sports network. You know, what's to say like SNY decides, hey, you know what? We're not going to air on cable anymore. And we're just going to have, you know, our live sports night, sports updates. We'll have a couple of other live programs on there. And, uh, you know, we'll air Met Games live. And you know what? In our archives, we'll have, you know, every Met game that's ever been played and then, you know, maybe some all-star games and maybe you throw in, you know, a mess of Kiner Corners uh, in the midst and you can go and, and watch all those classics, uh, you know, if you're a Met fan and, and that's your, your S&Y uh, cable, you know, I'm sorry, your internet channel, you know, and then and S&Y wouldn't need to be on cable. And you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this works, if you start to see other networks thinking, hey, you know, it might be cost-effective to kind of look at providing a, a, an Internet alternative. And then when you look at that, you, you start to, as a consumer, you, you start to get what, what I think all consumers want and what all consumers probably complain about with cable is you'd like more of an a la carte kind of option. 
that, you know, all right, I want one HBO, I'll get my one HBO, I'll get my FX, I'll get my two, four, five, and seven, you know, I, I don't watch the CW, so screw Channel 11, you know, and just be able to, I'll take my ESPN, no ESPN deportes, um, you know, I'll take my SNY to hell with yes, and I'll have my my menu of what I want instead of having the way cable does and cable dictates, well, you have to have all these stations and you have to pay the money for all these stations. And, you know, whether it's the demise of cable or whether we see cable start to change the way they do business, uh, I, I think it's a very interesting uh, time period to see how this is going to play out. As a wrestling fan, uh, I'm cur- it's amazing that you're getting every pay-per-view. Uh, it's amazing that you're going to have access to the archives. The original programming looks like it's going to be fun. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see how the WWE evolves from this point on because not only, you know, you start to look at as a wrestling fan how you're going to save money, and it's obvious where you're getting all the pay-per-views for free. But when you have the, the access to, to the WWE library, my curiosity is does this affect DVD sales? You know, or if, if you have access to, to all this stuff on the network, are you, are you maybe perhaps not, not more as inclined to, to run out and, and buy DVDs that have footage that you haven't seen in a long time, that maybe you just kind of use the network? So has the WWE figured that into, um, you know, what they're doing? Or, or is it just, you know, they're expecting such volume with the people who are going to order this network that it's going to offset any monies that they might be losing in other areas uh, of the company. I, I think it's phenomenal. Um, if, if it rolls out the way it's supposed to roll out, uh, I, I think it's a phenomenal project and, and could be very interesting. As we talked about at the top of the show, you know, uh, rumors of Hulk Hogan uh, coming back to the WWE, coming back on uh, February 24th and possibly involved at WrestleMania, but who better in the history of pro wrestling to have be part of this network, whether it's uh, doing press tours and, and doing the talk show runs or, or hosting a show or two on the network? I, I mean, I don't think there's any name that would be better than, than a Hulk Hogan to help this, this network get off the ground. So uh, who knows what role he's going to have. But, it, Dave, it, it's, it's just an, an exciting time uh, to be a wrestling fan and knowing the, the the footage that they've bought up, having WCW, having ECW, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff to, to rummage through as a wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Um, as, as far as your point that you talked about with possible DVD sales uh, declining, um, from what I understand, from what I've read, um, you know, not – Everything is going to be up there at your disposable, uh, at your disposal of all at all times. There, there's there's been talk that they're going to put some stuff up, but then they'll take it down. Um, it's it's not going to be like it's going to kind of be like in a sense what HBO does and what a lot of networks do, especially with their on demand content. Because WWE is going to have you know their network is going to have their own on demand content, um, which is pretty much the entire network. But um, 
the, the, what HBO does with the on-demand content, if you, let's say, for instance, you have a season of, just for argument's sake, Sopranos, and Sopranos is up, they'll show old, they'll show old Sopranos, or they'll show the current Sopranos season that is, that is airing, um, on-demand after the original, after, um, the original air date of the, the episode, and, once the season's over, they'll take it down. So there's a, there's a good chance we might see that from WWE where they're going to air something and then they'll take it down quickly, and you might see it on a DVD. So not everything with these. I think the pay-per-views are really the only guarantee that, that that's going to be up all the time. But a lot of the original content and, uh, you know, some of the stuff that, that's been on DVDs that have been distributed that are going to be airing on the network, though that stuff's going to come and go. Uh, to whatever they see, their, their, their programming uh, is fit. But um, – I, I like the ideas of the, of, of the shows that they have, the pay-per-views. Um, as a wrestling fan, you'll never get me to leave the house, ever. I mean, it, 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 there's too much to watch. But it, it, it should be fun. Um, once they get all the – I'm going to wait, personally. I'm going to wait and see um, how this whole thing plays out. Because just like any product, when it comes to smartphones and, you know, video games – systems and stuff like that you always hear if there's always something wrong with it in the beginning and then they got to recall it xbox has done it a few times you always hear about an iphone getting you know called back because there's something wrong with them with the email alert or something like that so i'm gonna wait till all that stuff you know gets figured out and what the general consensus of the network is and then i'll make my decision uh, as to when i'm gonna get it yeah it, it does get the prospect gets a little scary of of you know like never leaving the house <laughs> you know everything works and you get it, just the idea is like i'd sit there and be like oh what do i feel like watching now it's like, you know hey you know let me let me let me pick a year out of my head and just like pick a match from that year or, or you know it's just a the the prospect of having access to uh that library uh you know whatever they make available at a given time uh it, it just it, it just looks phenomenal and you know, not to mention, I mean, I, I'm intrigued by the original programming that they're putting up there. I mean, the Monday Night Wars looks like it's going to be a, a lot of fun to, you know, watch that. Uh, you know, again, something that a Hulk Hogan could have, a, you know, a, a major role in, in that TV show. Uh, you know, a lot, and, and, oh, I mean, when I watch the, the coming attractions for Legends House, uh, that just looks hilarious. I, I am on board with that all the way. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that show. And, you know, I mean, the wrestling business is such a, a kooky business. You know, if it takes off, I mean, there are other legends out there that you can, you know, dust off and, and throw in the legend's house. So I could see a show like that having a future and and, and doing more seasons uh you know, I mean, Dave, when I when I watch the commercial for Legends House, I mean, and I watch the same commercial over and over, and over again, and I'm cracking up every time I watch it. Yeah, I mean, what sold me on that show is when the the Gene Okerlund says, "Holy balls!" I mean, that that right there, you got me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch what I'm gonna I'm gonna watch what uh, what they put out there, and just the just the personalities and the guys that you know, Roddy Piper. I mean, Roddy Piper is a personality, you know, he's an island unto himself, but he's a, a he's a huge personality in the wrestling business, and all the names involved. Just imagine the the, the other names that you could put in there in see in upcoming seasons if this first season is successful. Uh, I look forward to it. I think. I mean, you know what? Too with, with a show like that, 
it gives legends and guys who are not in the business anymore or guys who were, I wouldn't say broke, but who still work and need the money, it gives them some form of an income if they're a part of that show. Or even being interviewed for, for some of the original content for the WWE Network, like the countdown show they have. You know, I'm sure that they're going to have some retrospective countdowns where they'll probably interview some guys. There will be guys that, they, that you dust off from the past that you hadn't seen in God knows how long and, and uh, put them on the, uh, the, the countdown show. I mean, I'm Bruno San Martino is another guy that's going to be a part of a lot of that stuff too, and that was why he signed the deal with WWE because he's going to have a lot of he's going to have a lot of uh, you know segments on the network and be a part of a lot of stuff that was um, a precursor to uh, you know the Hulk Hogan era and and how the WWE became as big as it was because of the run that Bruno had. And the thing I'm looking forward to the most with that show, and, and you hear it all the time. You know, when people talk about pro wrestling and, and people in the business that, you know, years ago, guys would, would make up promos, you know, sometimes on the spot. Uh, you know, nowadays, a lot of the guys, a lot of the promos are a little more scripted and, and creative is writing the promos. You know, to, to throw a few, you know, a bunch of old, old school guys in the same house and knowing that you have all these different personalities and these guys are, you know, throwbacks they're they're old school guys that you know would cut promos on the fly and would make stuff up as they go along just to throw them all in in this living situation and to see what comes out of it i i'm just totally on board with that show and you know and who knows like you said i mean dave it it gives opportunities to guys who uh like you said maybe not broke but maybe could use uh you know income could use a job um you know what and who knows how many other jobs this network could open up for for people in the wrestling industry. You know, you know, the sky's the limit as far as how far this network uh, could go. So, you know, very interesting stuff. And you know, I think most of the network that uh, you know, me and Dave were available. So, you're, you're looking for like, you know, maybe a radio show on TV, something like that, some sort of talk show. Uh, we're available. So, Stanford, give us a call. And what do you guys think? Give us a call, 347-838-9815. So many huge stories, uh, you know, circulating over the course of our hiatus, and we hit those two big stories in the WWE. Third story, David, you hit on was uh, TNA. And TNA, you know, with their talent, uh, guys leaving right now, TNA looks like they're uh, they're revamping, uh, so to speak. I got to be honest with you, you know, when, when on hiatus, knowing we weren't doing the show, I, I really had a hard time putting TNA on, uh, creatively speaking. And it, it's sad because I'm a fan of, like, a lot of the guys. I love Bully Ray. I, I'm a big fan of Bobby Roode. Uh, you know, I just I had a real hard time getting into it. And, and with the way creative has been, and, and I hate to say it, but it almost felt like, you know, for this hiatus, I, there, were, there were two hours in my life on Thursday nights that I got back. Uh, every Thursday, and uh, you know, it's a shame. It just, it, but it kind of shown a spotlight for me at least, like where TNA is. The fact that you know, when I wasn't doing the show and I didn't feel the obligation, I, I really didn't want to to flip it on. And that's uh, as a wrestling fan, that's uh, that's kind of sad for TNA. But uh, they're shifting things around. They're, the new talent, old talent, uh, leaving, trying to push some new talent. They're definitely in a state of flux. Um, as we brought up Hulk Hogan, a uh, big role in TNA now. looks like he's coming over to uh, the WWE. Uh, 
Is this good for TNA? Are, are we on the slippery slope to seeing uh, the demise of TNA? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this revolving door and uh, the total nonstop action locker room? I've said it for a long time now in regards to TNA. They have to stop trying to be the competition. They have to stop worrying about what the others are doing, and they have to do something different to stand out. And a big part of that was focusing more on the younger talent, the homegrown talent that they've had, the guys like the AJ Styles, the James Storms, the Bobby Roots, Samoa Joe. And for years I've been saying that. And they brought in some names like Hulk Hogan, like Sting, Kurt Angle. And with all due respect, before any of those guys showed up, you know, they're – the, the company, at least in my opinion, was a thriving, promising company with all the talent they were using. These, some of these talent, you know, these names I mentioned, they helped in a sense, but at the same time, they weren't needle movers. They weren't exactly bumping up their ratings to a point where they could go live every week and they could run uh, arenas and sell out places and things like that. To me, they're taking a few steps back, which is good for them. I mean, they've, Sting is no longer with the company anymore. Hogan has left. AJ Styles is gone, which I, I disagree with completely. We talked about that uh, you know, a few months back on one of our shows. I disagree with the, the move for AJ. But they're, 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 they're confirming a prediction that I made on our last show where I said that they're going to really make an initiative to, to focus on younger talent. Um, this EC3 guy is, is you know, Derek Bateman, who, former Derek Bateman from WWE NXT. He's, he's got a big role in the show as Dixie Carter's nephew. Magnus is now the world heavyweight champion. They brought in um, the American Wolves, who are just known as the Wolves, Ring of Honor's uh, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. MVP's got a role as the investor, which I'm not really sold on, but he can cut a promo, and he's solid in the ring, so I'll, I'll give it a chance. But they really, it seems like, their roster looks depleted, and it's almost like it's too late. Like, it was too late. Now you want to do this talent initiative now. And it, it seems more and more true that they really are focused on the younger talent because Kurt Angle has recently expressed on Twitter and, and other interviews that he has strong interest in returning to the WWE, and his contract runs out in the fall. So there's a strong possibility that maybe going into next year's WrestleMania, we might see Kurt Angle, uh, you know, as a name that's being speculated to return to WWE. That's if he passes all the physicals and what kind of schedule he wants to wrestle and what kind of contract. And even if WWE wants him, I'm sure that they'd want to bring him back, but everything's got to fall in place properly. But I like the fact that they are using some of the younger talent, but I think it's a little too late in my opinion. I hope that it, it works, but the, it just when I watched their show, like first of all, they went back to the Impact Zone in Orlando, um, which is I guess another a different studio but smaller, so it looks very minor league and bush league. Um, but when they're like overseas in these arenas and they got the crowds going crazy, it's like it looks like a better show. But the roster looks so depleted; it's like there's nobody there. It's almost like they got like like one guy in like five or six segments because they don't have enough talent on their roster. It's just really weird. But I'm optimistic, and I have watched some of it. Um, I DVR the show. I do fast forward through a lot of stuff because a lot of it's just kind of you know mind numbing. I can't really understand why they do certain things, but I think they're, I wouldn't say they're on the right path, but they got the right idea. Um, you know, cutting the big contracts, focusing on the younger talent, and doing what they have to do to be 
different from the WWE. I think they need to stop worrying about what they're doing and start doing their own thing and coming up with their own ideas. And that's really about it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, and you bring, you know, good points. You know, if you're going to worry about the WWE, you know, you almost are throwing it back. Like, you got to throw some serious, uh, you know, Ted Turner type money at your company, and you really got to, you know, full on go go all out to kind of do that if you really want to compete. It, it's it does kind of get kind of silly, and it it always seems like TNA is kind of you know, following and, and kind of, you know, they're always, you know, a step below. And, and you know, maybe having a youth movement and, and wrestling fans to have an idea that they're seeing, a, you know, young talent for the first time and kind of getting, a, you know, a peek at, at the younger talent, you know, there's, you know, maybe that's a good move for them. However, when you, when you hear about the WWE Network and, uh, you know, having NXT on the network where, you know, with the WWE, you're going to get to see some new and up-and-comers and new and up-and-comers that, uh, you know, are going to make their way, hopefully, to the WWE roster. Um, I don't know. I, I You know, it, it's a it, it's a scary time for, for TNA right now. And, you know, w- where are these cost-cutting maneuvers going? Are, are, they, are they going to get back into, quote-unquote, the free agent market? You know, I, I I think sometimes with with them they just like bringing in a Hulk Hogan to me was not necessarily a bad idea because you know he's arguably the most recognizable name in pro wrestling. However, did they use him properly? And like you said, I mean now they're doing it, but even to a certain extent, you know, some of the episodes of Impact you watch with Hulk Hogan, you know, Hogan would be in you know five segments over the course of a two-hour show. So, you know, how are they using guys? You know, do they bring in a... I think bringing in a legend uh, is a good thing. Uh, it, it gives it some, some, you know, some name recognition. However, how do they use these guys? Uh, where do they go moving forward? And, you know, wherever they're cutting corners and cutting costs, uh, you know, to me, with what TNA is and what TNA has represented, at some point, find the money... Uh, to you know, scrape it together uh, to to bring back an AJ Styles because like you're saying, the roster seems depleted. Losing a guy like AJ Styles to me is is you know borderline losing TNA's identity. Yeah, I mean, AJ Styles just said in an interview recently that uh, you know he he seems to think that um, and he's got it on good good uh, you know authority that the company's not going to last very much longer because either they're, they're cutting costs because they can't afford him or they just let him go because he sucks. Like they feel that he's not good enough anymore. And at least that's what he thinks. So, um, I don't know what they're trying to do. I mean, they're, they're obviously trying to use new talent and see what works and see what doesn't work. But, um, to me, it's, to me, I, I view TNA as, it's not an alternative to WWE. It gives guys a place to work, but to a lot of wrestling fans, it's well, WWE is not tonight, so I guess we'll watch this. Like at least to me, that's how I feel. You know that most wrestling fans 
feel about TNA. And here's the other part, too, that's going to, you know, for the diehard TNA fans that listen out there, I hate to burst your bubble, but there are a lot more contracts that are going to be coming up for renewal soon. And from what I'm hearing, they're not, these guys are not going to be making the same amount of money they were making in their previous contract. We're talking Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, names like that. So if, if TNA can't come to some agreement with these guys or, or give them exactly what they want or if these guys want to stick around for less money, you know, God bless them. But you might see a lot more guys leave as the, as, as the, the rest of the year goes on. Yeah, and you wonder also guys leaving because, you know, depending on what their money or what the contract is. I remember years ago, you know, one of my first interviews doing this show was with uh, Scotty Tuhati. And, and he said, you know, that as much as he loved his time in the WWE, he really enjoyed getting out and getting on the indie scene because he was able to make his own schedule. He made a name for himself in the WWE, so he was getting paid a decent price going into the, the indies. And it was just kind of, he was still wrestling full-time. He was still traveling. It was just that, you know, when he wanted to take off, it was, all right, I'm not going to book myself next weekend. You know, and it, it, it is a little more diligence as far as, like, you got to, you know, put your paydays together because um, you don't have a contract for a, a year, you know. Um, but, you know, you wonder with guys like TNA, you know, like, let's just say a Christopher Daniels. Does a Christopher Daniels, like, look at TNA and they're like, you know what? I could be tied to TNA or I could go out and make close to the same amount of money and do the indie scene and travel when I want, travel where I want. And, and not have to worry about being tied to, to TNA. You know, if the money winds up being comparable, uh, do these guys wind up walking away and saying, you know what, I would rather just make my own schedule. And like you said, for all the fans out there that watch TNA almost because, hey, I'm a wrestling fan and WWE happens to not be on, you know, once this network comes into play, the WWE will be on all the time. The WWE will be available all the time. And what does that do for TNA? So it's, it's definitely a, a, a tricky time for TNA. And, and, you know, like I want to, you know, we talk about it and we're honest here, but I want to see them succeed too. I'd love to see them, but it just uh, see them do well. But it seems like they just can't get out of their own way sometimes. And as we continue talking about, uh, you know, the, the TNA and the revolving door and, and talent and, and, you know, freeing up money and getting rid of big contracts. Uh, and we mentioned Hulk Hogan, uh, leaving TNA and showing up now in the WWE. And, Dave, you mentioned Kurt Angle talking that he would want one last run in the uh, uh, WWE. And, and one guy who arguably may be the biggest name in the history of pro wrestling that Vince McMahon has had nothing to do with, uh, a man named Sting, our fourth story tonight. Uh, possibly we're hearing a lot of stuff going on. Everyone out there, all all the marks, all the fans, the internet marks, the kids, the adults, the old school fans, everybody has put their fantasy booking hat on with the prospect of Sting coming to the WWE for the first time. Uh, interesting to see, obviously, a guy who has passed his prime, but a character that still resonates uh, with fans. Which incarnation of Sting do we see in the WWE? But Lots of rumors circulating, Dave, that that Sting contract is, is all but signed, and we may see this guy showing up uh, in the WWE in the not-too-distant future. 
Yeah, it seems more and more apparent that um, with TNA, you know, cutting costs and, and trying to get rid of the big contracts and Sting feeling that, you know, he's done all he can do, um, now Sting can make some big-time money and go out on, you know, his own terms by by working with the WWE, the only guy that Vince McMahon has never had under contract. Um there's rumors of a possible Hall of Fame induction with WrestleMania being in the, the, the Bay Area in California next year. Sting's a California guy. Um, they would center the Hall of Fame around him and possibly a send-off match for him at WrestleMania. Um, if depends, you know, We don't know the details of the contract, but we're hearing a lot of stuff with merchandise, um, licensing, you know, the, 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 the Sting name and the character being involved um, with the WWE a Hall of Fame induction. Uh, there's rumors that... He, I mean, he wouldn't wrestle WrestleMania 30. That wouldn't happen. There's a possibility he might show up at WrestleMania 30 or the night after Monday, uh, Monday Night Raw, which is always a big night. The night after, it's the biggest Raw of the year, in my opinion, being the night after WrestleMania because a lot of big stuff happens that gets you, you know, push. It's basically the beginning of a new season. The WrestleMania season's over after WrestleMania, and then you go into a new gear with some new storylines. It would probably be pretty fitting if Sting were to show up on Monday Night Raw the next night. There's talk of him possibly being the general manager. The way I see it, it helps the WWE Network if they were to sign Sting. He's that le- he's that big name that's the, that's a franchise name from the, the WCW brand that could probably attract some of those old WCW wrestling fans to buy the network to watch those WCW pay-per-views and those retrospective shows that they're going to put out. So it, it's... I think it's a winning situation for everybody. Sting could be put in a big spotlight on WWE television um, and on WWE pay-per-views. There's there's a number of dream matches. Like you said, the fantasy booking is in full swing when it comes to what they want to do with Sting. Um, I see him in a, in a part-time role, comes and goes here and there for about a year or so, maybe wrestles a few matches, a couple, not too many. But he's on TV in like a general manager kind of role. And then you build up to his match. Maybe you do something at a SummerSlam or, to, or even WrestleMania. And if, uh, obviously, WrestleMania would be where the big money is to have him wrestle. But um, a name like him, even for the short term, for, for WWE, the current WWE television product, you would have, you know, it would, be, it would be cool if Sting's name attracted those old WCW wrestling fans that stopped watching wrestling after Vince McMahon purchased the company. So I think that, like I said, it's a winning situation for everybody. It's been talked about in recent years that he's had talks with them before and nothing has come to fruition, but I have not heard anything about him re-signing with TNA since the middle of last month. So it looks like it's a foregone conclusion that it could take place, um, you know, coming up in the springtime that Sting will be a part of the WWE. I mean, it's interesting because you, 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 everything you're hearing that they're going to treat Sting and his career uh, with a lot of reverence. And when you, when you hear back, uh, you know, an interview that Sting did a long time ago when, uh, you know, speculation after uh, Vince bought WCW and, uh, you know, Sting was toying with coming to the WWE. And, you know, he talks about a, a Mon- I believe it was a Monday Night Raw, where uh, Booker T came out and uh, The Rock looked at him and said, who in the blue hell are you? And uh, in Sting's mind, in, in The Rock just saying that, it, it almost discredited everything Booker T accomplished in WCW and Sting felt like he, he was not ready or, or didn't want to uh, 
be treated with that sort of disrespect and didn't want to have to go in as a, you know, almost a bottom tier player and have to earn his spot. And uh, so he didn't go over uh, everything you're hearing right now, which is good. Uh, that if he comes to the WWE, that he's going to be treated like a great, like an all-time great, uh, when you're hearing potential Hall of Fame uh, induction and things like that. And, uh, again, a guy, when you're talking about the Monday Night Wars, uh, you know, another guy, who better than Sting to be involved in some way, shape, or form in hosting that show. Uh, so there's a lot of roles that Sting can uh, can fulfill. Uh, i got to put it out there, you know, all the fantasy booking. And by all means, 347-838-9815, you got... You have some fantasy booking for Sting. By all means, we'd love to hear it. But the one name we're hearing over and over again is Undertaker at WrestleMania. And we've talked about it. We've touched on it before. And I, just, I hate that idea. I, I really hate that idea. As much as it might be fun leading up to WrestleMania, there's no way in hell, uh, there's no way on God's green earth, whatever. There's, no, there's zero chance in the world that Sting wins that match. Uh, there's no way Vince will allow Sting to come in and end Taker's streak. So there's no suspense for me as a fan to have Sting versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. I agree with you, Dave. I would have him come back the Raw after WrestleMania. And if you want to do Sting-Taker, do it at, at, at a, maybe you do it at Extreme Rules because that would really help sell that pay-per-view or, you know, lead into to SummerSlam. At least there'd be some suspense um, in that match on, on who might win, and that, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, the Raw after WrestleMania is always huge, crazy stuff happens there. You know, if you have something going on, whether it's Taker in the ring uh, talking or something, and the lights go out, uh, lights go out on Taker, and, and Sting's music starts, and you see Sting, maybe the old school Sting, hanging out in the rafters. Uh, that that could be an incredible moment uh, on that night after WrestleMania, but I don't book Sting versus Taker at, at WrestleMania. That's not the direction I go in. If you want to go Sting Taker, I would do it at a different pay per view. Uh, there's a lot of other directions you can go in with Sting if you want to give him a match at WrestleMania. Uh, Hall of Fame works for him, so uh, a lot of exciting stuff as far as uh, what where they might go with Sting and. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to do the fantasy booking and, and where you'd want to go with, with his character. But, again, when we talk about comparing companies and, you know, we hit on TNA, you know, you, you, these guys, you know, you, Hulk Hogan was in TNA. Now he's coming back to the WWE. Sting is all but back in the WWE. You know, Kurt Angle, a guy who arguably gave uh, TNA credibility, talking about wanting another run in the WWE. And then, you know, as, as TNA's really got to, you know, do a 180 and really change up, you know, what they're putting out there. If they're really going to get rid of these these established stars and and go with the youth movement, uh, because you're, you're lacking that name recognition. As all these guys seem to be on their way to the WWE, which which makes the network just that much more exciting, and what may happen at WrestleMania that much more exciting. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be, you know, Dave. It's funny because it's exciting, but it's really it's going to be odd for me. Watching his career, it's going to be odd for me to see Sting in a WWE ring. 
Yeah, I, I it's it's never happened before. So, I mean, you've heard guys flip flop back and forth, you know, back in the day, but he is the only guy that's never the big name that's never worked for Vince. So it's gonna be a big it's gonna be a big deal. And I think why they're why they're gonna treat him with such respect and 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 reverence in his career, you know, throughout this run, however long it's gonna be. We don't know if it's gonna be a year or two years or whatever the case is, is because he, he's. He's a professional. From what I from what I've read, from what I understand, he's had a few meetings with Vince about you know signing with them, and he respectfully declined. But he's never gone out and bad mouthed the competition. He, he's you know may have disagreed with a few things that have uh, the the you know the, the content of the show because he is a born again Christian, and he certainly wasn't signing with them during the Attitude Era. He almost did. But he was not a fan of the product itself because he didn't, you know, he didn't believe in some of the storylines that were uh, that were being portrayed. But um, I think, like I said, they, he's he's one of those guys that he's he, in his interviews he's very respectful and he doesn't knock the other, you know, the competition. And he never did that with Vince. And I think that's a, I think that's a big reason as to why he's going to get um, the respect that he deserves. You know, you mentioned about coming back the night after WrestleMania. I think that's a great idea. Um, but if they were to promote him that he's going to appear at WrestleMania 30 and you don't know what he's going to do, maybe he'll make a run in, maybe he'll just appear in the ring and then they'll do some sort of little mini thing where uh, one of the heels comes out and he attacks the the heel and he stands tall. Um, But, you know, he's got a close association with the Ultimate Warrior, who's going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Maybe they bring Sting in to induct the Warrior. They were once tag team partners as the Blade Runners in uh, Bill Watts' territory in uh, Mid-South Wrestling. So maybe that's that's a role that they they put on Sting to start his WWE run, is to induct the Ultimate Warrior. And that would be a perfect role for him, so... uh... You know, as as we talk about, you know, it, it's funny because, like, our stories are top five. A lot of these, you know, the last couple stories uh, revolving around the revolving door in TNA and, and you know, what the as the wrestling landscape changes with the network and, and how things are going and how this is going to affect TNA, another thing that, that is going to affect, you would think would affect TNA greatly, is TNA's founder, Jeff Jarrett, you know, rumblings of, of a new promotion, uh, very cryptic and vague with with what exactly is going on here. We keep hearing uh, quotes like "I'll I'll tell you when when I can tell you," uh, but you know another promotion being out there uh, could again another thing that could uh, really hurt uh, TNA. You know Jeff Jarrett, obviously a veteran in the business, knows what he's doing as far as trying to build a wrestling company. So. Uh, you know, we got a new player out there on the market right now. It's possible. It's potential. It's not, it's been speculated. I mean, Jeff Jarrett had parted ways with TNA in, in late 2013, and the rumor, and it's all speculation, but the rumor was was that he was looking. You know, TNA was up for sale. We had talked about, you know, on our show how Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins was a candidate to buy TNA Wrestling. Well, that turned out to be false. Like I said, it was speculation. Well, there's speculation that Jeff Jarrett was another candidate to buy TNA Wrestling. And the stories that I've heard is that he went to um, a few investors, a couple of, uh, you know, country music guys that he knows in the Nashville area, one of them being Toby Keith, who was the biggest investor out of this group, and were looking to buy TNA Wrestling. Um, 
Apparently, there was a deal that was all set, put in place, ready to go. Just had to get the ink on the paper, and Bob Carter, Dixie Carter's father, who is the president of TNA Wrestling and Panda Energy, had gone to Toby Keith and said to Toby, um, everything's good with the sale, but here's a stipulation I want to add into it. And one of the stipulations was, I want Dixie to retain some power in the company. I want her to remain an on-screen character and have creative control or whatever, something along those lines. I don't know the exact details, but Toby Keith turned it down because he didn't want the sale of the company to go with creative limitations. And that's, I believe, when Jeff Jarrett had decided to walk away and say, you know what? You and I could just do this on our own. We'll we'll start up our own wrestling promotion, and that's the that's the scuttlebutt. And Conan, former WCW and TNA star, broke this news that him that Jeff Jarrett was planning on announcing this in January. Well, the announcement hasn't been made yet, but there's heavy speculation that that this company, this wrestling promotion that they want to start, it's still in the early stages. If we hear of something. A lot of people are saying that we, it might not get off the ground until about late 2014 of this year. So um, another player in the wrestling landscape, that's awesome. I think that's cool. It gives more guys a place to work. And you have a guy like Jeff Jarrett who's got rich history in the business. His father, Jerry Jarrett, his entire family, they, they ran territories in the territorial days. They partnered with Jerry Lawler and helped run his territory. As a matter of fact, they have so much wrestling knowledge in the business that when Vince McMahon Jr. was standing trial um, for, for steroids back in the 90s, if Vince was convicted to go to jail, they had it all planned out that the Jarrett's were going to run the WWF. They were going to run the World Wrestling Federation while Vince McMahon was in jail. And he was, expect, he was, he was expected to be sentenced for, uh, to 25 years in, in, in federal prison. So... The Jarrett's have rich wrestling knowledge. I mean, you can go back and look at the early days of TNA, and yes, it was upstart, and there were things about it that, you know, were still kind of off and backwards, but Jarrett had the right idea. He was showcasing a lot of young talent, and people didn't know who these guys were, but you had to give them some form of a platform for wrestling fans to get to know these guys, and that's how an AJ Styles came about. That's how guys like James Storm and Bobby Roode and, and Eric Young and Abyss, these names that nobody had ever heard of before, had, you know, honed their craft and became household names in the early days of TNA. And granted, Jarrett did book himself a lot in the main event scene in TNA, but he also gave the rub to younger guys, too, like AJ Styles and like Samoa Joe. And there was a good mix of um, new talent and established talent involved. He put a lot more emphasis on the newer and younger guys. Case in point, when Jeff Jarrett was running TNA Wrestling, he was, you know, he was the booker, but the X Division would main event several pay-per-views, the weekly pay-per-views, and then when they moved on to doing monthly pay-per-views, they were main eventing some of those pay-per-views. They were putting those young talent in a, a positive light and in top spots in the spotlight in wrestling. And I think it was a good thing. The early days of TNA, I loved it. I thought their, their wrestling was phenomenal. I was like, these guys can give Vince a run for their money with the wrestling. They just got to get a few more things in check. And I'm telling you, they could be a player. Well, Jarrett's now going to, you know, there's a possibility he can move on to something else. Could Jarrett end up sinking the ship of the company that he founded that basically kind of told him to go take a hike? I mean, who knows? But I'm excited for it, and I'm excited. 
here, here's a prediction I'm going to make, and we're going to talk predictions. I'll make a prediction right now. I think when they announce that Jeff Jarrett and Toby Keith start this wrestling promotion, whatever they're going to call it, at the, at the end of this year, I think AJ Styles is going to jump on board and be a part of that and be their figurehead and be the guy that Jeff Jarrett wanted him to be instead of what Dixie Carter thought he should have been in her version of TNA. That's bold. That's a bold prediction. Yes, I like it, though. I definitely like it. Um, well, it's crazy, man. You know, and, and again, like you said, uh, having another player in the mix, I mean, competition is good. So uh, let's see what happens. Wow. So there you have it. You know, we, we hit all these things. Uh, you know, this is what happened while we were on hiatus. And it's amazing. We, we hit all these five stories. And we didn't even touch on, you know, we're in WrestleMania season, and the Royal Rumble uh, occurred during our hiatus. And as we, as I referenced, that's bold, as we did in our year-end uh, show, and we had some, what's your bold predictions for 2014? And uh, my bold prediction was that we're going to be talking about the 2014 Royal Rumble match in a historical context, that it would be one of the greatest Rumble matches of all time, and let's say that I was wrong. It was not one of the best Rumble matches of all time. Uh, was kind of psyched watching the Rumble match. Um, as far as seeing Roman Reigns, uh, definitely having a coming out party. And, uh, you know, you guys are going to jump on board now. We know all you wrestling fans out there are going to be, well, I saw it from the get-go. I knew it. But you all didn't. But right here, right here at the Ken Reedy Show, myself and Dave, we were on the Roman Reigns bandwagon from the get-go, we saw the star potential out of this guy. And you know what, wrestling fans, you can cheer, you can boo, I get it. I don't think it was a bad thing that Roman Reigns didn't win, regardless of winning or not. It was a big, big, huge step for this young guy's career to, to have the showing he did in the Royal Rumble. To me, it showed that, that the company believes in him. They see him as a big star. I thought he was tremendous in the Rumble. And by contrast, I thought the winner of the Rumble looked terrible. Um, for me, I, you know, Batista was always good. To me, he was a, a mediocre at best in the ring, kind of mediocre at best on the microphone, with a tremendous look. I mean, this guy was chiseled out of granite. Great look to him. Was never a huge Batista fan. I thought he had a great run right before he left. That may have been my favorite incarnation of the Batista character. was when he was a heel with John Cena coming out with the lone spotlight. Um, I, I thought he was great during that last run. Um, you know, it was nice to see a guy like him come back. I can't say I was, I was overly excited, but I was curious to see what we were going to get out of him. Uh, in the match, I thought Batista... Uh, you know, I, I remember seeing pictures like last year, maybe a year plus, where he uh, he had leaned out a lot. He dropped a ton of weight and was looking really lean. Uh, to me, in the Rumble match, he looked like a guy that tried to put on a lot of muscle mass, uh, maybe too quickly. He looked stiff, not wrestling stiff, hitting like just stiff, stiff. Um, and he looked gassed pretty quickly in the match. So I, I'm curious, like, you know, you're looking at a guy who – is going to be quote-unquote main eventing WrestleMania, was unimpressed with what I saw out of Batista. Um, I, I thought it was an okay Rumble match, but nothing to write home about. The big thing coming out of the Rumble, 
I, I would say probably the two big things coming out of the Rumble is is how the crowd kind of hijacked the, the pay-per-view and how it was Roman Reigns coming out party. But uh, that's, that's where you signify the beginning of the WrestleMania, the official beginnings of the WrestleMania season, that Rumble match. Uh, you know, as we hit those five stories, Dave, but uh, talking about the Rumble, what were your thoughts on the Rumble? Um. I mean, I love the Roman Reigns performance, like you said. I've been on that bandwagon before the bandwagon was even registered at the DMV. But um, I, I loved his performance. The match was okay. The Daniel Bryan-Bray Wyatt match was awesome. Um, I agreed with the Pittsburgh audience. I thought Daniel Bryan should have been in the Royal Rumble match. I think it would have been a better story um, with him, you know, climbing that, that uphill battle with the authority and then the Wyatts, and then, you know, he finally – breaks the spell of the Wyatts and enters the Rumble and wins and goes on to WrestleMania to challenge for the championship. I thought it would have been perfect, but it didn't happen. But it seems like we're kind of getting that now because of the CM Punk departure. But overall, the show was okay. I, I, let's just put it this way. When you're chanting Daniel Bryan's name in every match, and when you're chanting you rather want the Divas in the WWE Championship match than watching the actual match, then you know that you got some issues creatively. Um, but I, I, you know, I had a few people over my place. We watched the Rumble. We did some picks. I had horrible picks. I had <laughs> Gold Dust. I had R Truth. Um, I had uh, I had Sheamus. Sheamus was all right. I mean, Sheamus lasted a little while. Um, I forget who else. I had somebody else really terrible too. Um, I'll have to, you know, I think I still have the picks in my notes here. Maybe I can go back and see who I actually had. Um, Number 20. I had Ryback. That was an awful pick. Uh, R-Truth, Goldust. Um, I had Alberto Del Rio. That was another awful pick. I had JBL. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do anything. Yeah, thanks, JBL. Oh, yeah, and I had Seamus, too. So, you did, anyhow, not, you yeah. did not have so, a good lot. No, Royal Rumble, but you know what? It was better than my 2002 showing, which I had Al Snow, Lance Storm, Goldust, Rikishi, and the Big Boss Man, and they were the first six guys in the goddamn match. So go figure. But anyhow. <laughs> I can't um, you remember that. I, I lost a lot of money that night. I'm certainly going to remember that, okay? I lost a lot of money that night. I, I, I starved. I ate, I ate ramen noodles for about a week and a half after that night, okay? I did the goddamn big boss, man. He didn't even have his nightstick. That pissed me off. Anyhow, the Royal Rumble itself, the pay-per-view is okay. I'm really looking forward to the chamber. You know why? Because the guy who has been voted for the most not of approvals, Antonio Cesaro is going to be in the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do in that match. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no way he wins, but I, I, I'm curious to see what his showing is going to be. And I'm, I'm expecting a lot out of him uh, at, at the Elimination Chamber. I agree that, like, the Rumble was, was okay. I mean, it's, you know, the Rumble's tough. It's, it's always going to be an entertaining match. Uh, you know, it's a fun match, but it, it wasn't a match that, uh, you know, I overly enjoyed. It's funny because, you know, we're on hiatus and, and Daniel Bryan, like, Turns heel and back to face while we're on hiatus. So, I mean, you know, it was, it was one of those things that it seemed like it was interesting because I actually saw him turn face, um, and I was at a bar, and there was no sound on on the TV. And it was interesting because my gut reaction was like, oh, wow, that's just really too soon to turn him back. But then when you watch it with the sound on and, like, the crowd just, just all but lost it, 
Um, so, you know, Daniel Bryan is just, it's unbelievable how over this guy is right now. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with Daniel Bryan moving forward because I, I psychologically, I feel like he taps into uh, something with with everyone where, you know, he's that guy that, you know, a lot of us can identify with that, you know, he, he keeps trying to, to succeed, to, to move forward. And, and it just, you know, obstacle after obstacle after obstacles put in this guy's way. And every time he gets knocked down, uh, he picks himself back up and he keeps plugging away. And, you know, it's, he's, he's that guy. He's that, you know, he's that every man that, uh, you know, works his ass off at his job and just gets passed over for, you know, promotions. He's, uh, you know, he's that guy that's, uh, you know, that high school kid that's pining uh, for the, the, uh, the captain of the cheerleading team, but, like, the, the captain of the football team winds up snagging her, and he just keeps, like, you know, plugging away and, and, and trying to, you know, you know, pursue her or pursue something. You know, it's just he's that guy. And, and I always go back to when, uh, our, you know, our doctor friend, uh, Dr. Rice, uh, called in and, and said, you know, he's like the hard luck kid. And I just feel like psychologically, it's it's like every time, as much as, you know, he's one of those guys that sometimes I wonder if, you know, you know, maybe fans don't know what's best for them because every time he gets knocked down, the intensity of, of his fan base rises. You know, every time he, he gets knocked down, it's like people just get more and more intense with how they're rooting for Daniel Bryan. And I, I do find as a fan, I'm really curious that when and if he finally has that legitimate run, how exactly is it going to go? Is it going to be off the charts? Is his popularity going to skyrocket? Or is it going to be like one of those, you know, like you ever have one of those instances in your life where you do pursue a girl for forever and you just keep flirting and and then you finally get her and it's it's just not worth it. Like it just winds up being, wow, like the the dream was actually better than the reality. So, you know, I, I think he's at a place where they have to. Uh, you know, give him a run with the title. I'm really curious to see how that's going to go because I do think the rabid nature of his fans right now are due to the fact that he continues to get knocked down. And and it's been interesting to see his his rise uh, over time and how fans just are getting more and more intense with him. I did want to touch on briefly as as we're getting close to the end of our show. And uh, you know, you brought up both these names and. Uh, Totally something out of left field, but I did think it was interesting coming out of SmackDown, uh, a program that I wouldn't have necessarily thought, uh, hey, I'd like to see this, but I really enjoyed the match between Sheamus and Ryback. And I can't remember the last time I may have stated that I enjoyed anything that Ryback has done, but something that I wouldn't mind seeing as a a mid-card, high-impact, you know, violent, you know, two guys want to fight uh, kind of program and, and maybe a, a mid-card match at, at WrestleMania. But I, I found myself really enjoying that match on Friday night, Dave. I thought it was a pretty good match, too. Uh, you know, the, the, the near falls and the things that they were doing, you know, I thought it was – they worked well together. So, yeah, if they put the two of them – who knows? I mean, we, we've talked about, like – 
matches that we would like to see again, and then the second match doesn't turn out to be as good as the first. Who knows? Um, that could be the case for these two. But I mean, we talk about we talked earlier about the, the the CM Punk walkout and the things that have affected it. There were rumors before Punk walking out that Sheamus was going to return at the Rumble, and they were going to start something with him and Daniel Bryan setting up WrestleMania, and. Now he's now there's a possibility that might put him with Ryback. Um, so you got to figure, you know, that the, the Sheamus can't be too happy he's working with this guy, um, but at least they trust him that he'll have a good, uh, solid match with Ryback. I think this is more or less a way to give Ryback a rub, but also to kind of toughen up Sheamus once again, because I think Sheamus was a little too much. Sheamus was like another version of like goofy John Cena as a baby face before he left. And I think now they're really trying to toughen him up and make him a, a, a big deal again. And he's a fresh face in the fans' minds because he's been gone for a while. So a uh, situation with him and Ryback, it worked on Friday on SmackDown. Let's hope if they do it for WrestleMania that the same, you know, the same result could be said that it would be a good match. Hoping so. You know, we, we're like a minute 30 left. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We're we're real happy to be back. But quickly, Dave, what are you looking to see out of Monday Night Raw tonight? Um, well, there's a rumor that Stone Cold Steve Austin is backstage interviewing Zeb Coulter for his podcast. So maybe we'll see a Steve Austin appearance tonight. It's at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. There's a rumor that Rob Van Dam is backstage. Both guys live in the area. So maybe we'll see an RVD return. Um, I'm looking for a fun show, um, something to really kick you up a notch and really get you excited for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view because I thought last week was kind of flat considering the week before Punk walked out. So I think they need to really pick it up and get you uh, excited for Elimination Chamber. Agreed. I'm, I'm looking forward to I mean, they, they do got to kick it up a notch. Uh, you know, we talked earlier before the show about last year's run towards WrestleMania and uh, – you know, hoping we don't get another lackluster build, uh, you know. So going into Elimination Chamber, hopefully we get a, a real good Monday Night Raw with all the speculation of the stars coming back. You know, it would be great if we saw Stone Cold tonight, RVD tonight, Hulk Hogan on his way back. Uh, lots of stuff to be excited about. We are very happy to be back. Thank you all for tuning in. Wrestling fans, if you're not doing anything Friday night, I know it's Valentine's Day, but I'll be at Wrestling on Fire you want tickets, WrestlingOnFire.com. Check us out. Uh, get tickets at Parsippany Hill School, ECPW on Fire. So come on out and hang out. Watch some great wrestling. Thank you all for tuning in. It's time for Monday Night Raw. For Dave, I'm Ken Reedy. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.